Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The mummy is letting out some savage and disturbing, though muffled, cries of vengeance. Then all three of us are upon him and wrestling the creature like mad. Hold him steady. Good girl. I've never been involved in anything so ridiculous. Watch yourself, Rich. This chap's a killer. Then all at once, the mummy goes very limp. It's as if all the life force suddenly drains out of it. We stop hitting and it slumps to the ground. Henry drags the curtain away and hastens to prop up the damaged curtain rail. Then the three of us are staring at the hideous revenant as it lies completely lifeless on the oriental rug. There are bits everywhere and I can picture me having the devil of a time with the U-bank later. It's given up the ghost. Just moments ago it was possessed of the most diabolical vigour. Someone is dabbling in supremely dark arts, Reg. You know it as well as I. And we pledged, didn't we, to combat those forces wherever we encountered them. Professor Tyler mutters to himself and suggests that we unwrap the creature and have a look at what's underneath the bandages. Not being overly fond of this idea, I head off to make tea, and when I return with the second best part, I am confronted by a heap of dirty bandages and a lumpy form lying on the dining room table. They've covered him up with a spotless tablecloth. Muggins here spent her time ironing. Well, we've established that it's a cadaver of the correct sort of vintage. I'm just glad my Nancy's away at her sister's. She'll be livid seeing a nasty thing like that hanging about the place. I shall phone the museum at once. I don't think they pick up donations this late in the evening, Reg. Shall I phone the police? Both gents turn to stare at me like I'm mad. The thing is... What if it comes back to life in the night? 
We shall keep a vigil by its side. I volunteer to take my turn, naturally. Certainly not. You have more important duties to attend to than mummy sitting. I insist you get a proper night's sleep. When I glumly go off to bed, I can't help feeling I've been cast out of the boys' gang. Actually, though, in my tiny housemaid's room, I sleep wonderfully well. In the morning, I found the house empty and abandoned. The mummy and its dreadful wrappings are vanished, as is the second-best teapot and both professors. I could weep with frustration. How dare they go off without me, herring off into adventure like that? Or perhaps they had no choice in the matter. Maybe something truly dreadful has befallen them. I start to panic, shivering in the breeze that wafts through the broken French windows. Then I see the note propped up by the clock on the mantelpiece. Brenda, dear, the mummy awoke. We even managed to get some sense out of the brute. I am the servant of Princess Ayotep, long-lost queen of my tribe. I followed her into the land of the dead in order that I may protect her forever against... Yes, yes, we understand all of that. But what is it she wants with all the tea leaves? I must follow the aroma of the tanner leaves. I must take out the pots, bring the mystical infusions. Oh dear, he's a bit slow. But look here, old man. Do you think that you could show us to where you must take all these used tea leaves and so on? Take you. Take you to Princess Ayotep. Well, that would be most awfully kind. You have a real knack for talking to monsters, Henry. You will. Come with me. Marvellous. Well, there you have it, Brenda dear. This mummy chap is taking us to the secret hideout, apparently. So, if we're not back at Prof Tyler's house before you get this, then I suppose uh, we might need your help. <laughs> with my very best regards, Professor Henry Cleavis. His handwriting is as diabolical as the whiff of grave mould that still haunts the dining room. But never mind all that upset just now. The professors need me. They surely need my help. I surge at once into action. But the room around me is fading. All colour and light are draining away. And then, all at once, I'm back, in the present day, strapped to the sacrificial slab deep underground in the villain's lair, and everyone looking at me. Slightly awkward moment. I've had another flashback, I cry out before I can stop myself. I've seen all this happen before. It's been flashing past my mind's eye. I know the secret at the heart of this mystery. Oh, gasps Effie. Do you, Brenda? Do you indeed, Brenda? Do you really know the secret of our activities in Whitby today as well as when you were investigating in the 40s with Professors Clevis and Tyler? Yes, I believe I do. I believe my frangible and delicate memories have lifted the veil of forgetfulness just enough to allow me to peek into your nefarious doings. Oh, not that nefarious at all, my dear. If there is anything mysterious going on, then it's all in the cause of love. Love, he says. And do you think it's right to commit murders in the name of love, eh? There's been no murder here. Ah, maybe in the past, and the mummies were too unwieldy and overzealous, perhaps, but not now. Now I hope there will be no harm to anyone. You've already caused plenty of harm. Look at this. 
Look at how you've had me, all trussed up in your secret base underneath your rotten tea rooms, leeching the blood and life force out of me. But you are a special case, Brenda. A very special case indeed. You wanted more than just my used tea leaves. Yes, that's very true. You see, you have so much to offer, my dear. My own special blend. I'm afraid I can't let you leave, you know. What? Oh, help! Suddenly, the mummies are advancing out of the shadows. They're seizing hold of Effie and me again. Sheila Manchu has the decency to look perturbed as her fancy man rocks with silent mirth. It seems that we aren't about to escape at all. And they're hooking me back up with the tubes that will drain away my precious life essence. All for the sake of that withered-up monster in the casket. But let me tell you how we came to be here tonight and in this horribly disadvantageous situation. Whoever heard of a combined tiru and massage parlour? Effie is frowning. We are back at Tipple in the park, and Effie is staring at a sign advertising this curious combination. It seems that Professor Keyes is keen to offer services no other Whitby tea room can, and rumour has it that strapping blokes, swathed in bandages, do the massaging in a secret room under the cafe. We spy Sheila Manchu bustling through the park on her way to a rendezvous, no doubt. Effie and I confront her on the footpath. You know what he's up to, don't you? Effie asks her sharply. Sheila looks distraught. Oh, now look, girls, I know you're both intent on ridding this town of everything occult and untoward. What, I cry? Who told you that? The buxom hotelier looks shifty. Word gets around. I've heard tales about your recent adventures. I glare at Effie. I'm not very happy about us getting a name for ourselves. Sheila goes on. I don't care what you ladies have got against it, but Marius Keyes is the first decent fella to look my way in donkey's years. And he's not even after my business or my loot. He just wants me for who I am, and I won't have you telling me that he's up to no good. Effie coughs. We found a living mummy in his bedroom at the Miramar. It was in his bed, Sheila. Plus we found some very peculiar herbal samples and things. Sheila looks scandalised. What were you doing poking about amongst his private things? He said he thought someone had been in. That would have been the blooming mummy. Sheila looks disturbed. The mummy isn't real, you know. It's just a bloke dressed up. It's a gimmick. He's got them giving massages in the basement. All three of us are wondering if that's the case. How come Marius had a masser hiding under his bedsheets? But neither Effie nor I press the point. We've given Sheila enough to chew on for one day. We both suppose, though, that it's through her, the blousy Harridan, as Effie calls her, that Professor Marius Keyes gets wind of the fact that it was us rummaging through his belongings. The reprisals come fairly quickly and brutally after that. But we don't know that at the start of the evening when I cook dinner for Effie at my place. 
We're having a lovely shepherd's pie and I'm telling her everything that came back into my head when I had my flashback into my own past life. Effie is at once on the alert. I'm just dishing up seconds when I realise that I've perhaps given too much of myself away. The 1940s, Brenda? Effie asks sharply. You were a housemaid to Reg Tyler in Oxford during the 1940s. Just how old are you, ducky? She laughs then, as if I've simply made a silly mistake with the dates. I blush because, of course, I haven't. It's just that I've hardly aged a day in over 200 years. And that's a secret I've been longing to keep locked up a little longer than this. Effie is staring at me as I hand her plate over, heaped with more of that delicious pie. She narrows her eyes suspiciously. I brush her chronological quibbles aside. Never mind all that. Now, the point is, I've seen all of this before, back then, when Professor Tyler and Clevis and I smuggled ourselves into a tea warehouse in the north of Oxford, late one autumn night, and there we did battle with mummies and a certain Mrs. Poppy Keys. Effie purses her lips at me. Are you sure you didn't just have a funny dream, Brenda? You've had a stressful couple of weeks, setting up a new business and embarking upon some strange investigations. She reaches for the brown sauce and lavishes it on my pie. Actually, Effie's unctuous concern is starting to make me feel cross, I hurry off to the kitchen to make us a pot of tea. My favourite spicy tea, naturally. I'll make it spicy enough to blow the top of her patronising blooming head off. She can forget all about dessert. I was going to do a trifle, but my heart's gone out of it, frankly. There I was, offering up a glimpse of my shrouded past, and Effie was looking like she didn't believe a word of it. And as I sniff the gorgeous aroma of my tea as it brews... I think it might be possible that I'm going off into a reverie again and slipping back into the past. I'm in a leafy back lane, checking out the walled perimeter of Poppy Key's tea warehouse. I won't go into the intricacies of how I have to shin up a horse chestnut tree to get my legs over the top of the wall. Suffice to say, I get myself inside the tea compound. I think I must be rather nimbler back in these times. I dodge between wooden crates and the place seems oddly peaceful. All that can be heard is the creepy wickering of horses in the stables. Then, as I approach the rear of the warehouse itself, I can see lights and burly figures working into the night, moving huge loads in their bare arms. It seems that the tea company employs a mummified workforce. Now, where do I think the professors will be held? I manage not to be noticed by my lumbering foes and inveigle myself into an office crammed with paper folders and receipts. I have a quick look through and can't find much evidence of a thriving business. It seems that this tea company doesn't much care for profits. All they do is give the stuff away. 
In the bottom drawer of the filing cabinet, I find a selection of withered up, gourd type things. Nasty looking objects. They have a strange scent about them. It's familiar because it's the scent of Poppy Key's special blend in concentrated form. Oh my, what have I been brewing for my old professors? Speaking of which, it's they who I should be looking for. I turn to go, and that's when I'm captured by the mummies. I thrash about a bit so they don't take me too easily, but it's no use. These revenants are possessed of an inhuman strength. As they carry me off into the murkiest recesses of the fragrant tea warehouse, I believe I recognize the specimen who was of late supine on Prof Tyler's dining table. His bandages are still half hanging off. You will be silent until you come before the mistress. Yes, but you're him, aren't you? The mummy who came bursting into our house. The special servant of Princess Iotep. You must be silent and stop wriggling. Where are you taking me? Who is this mistress anyway? All will be revealed. Well, perhaps, but for the moment, as they lug me into their secret hideout, this mummified minion is keeping things firmly under wraps. And then, all of a sudden, I'm in an underground lair. A huge, blazing lake of what looks like lava takes up most of the space. There are great golden statues of gods and creatures that I suppose came out of ancient Egypt. Lots of conspicuous wealth on display. I find it all a bit showy, to be honest. I've spent a lot of time in secret hideouts by this point in my life, and I'm not easily impressed. Brenda, you're here. Oh, so they captured you too, then. Did you get my note? That's what brought me here, Professor Clevis. I came here to rescue you both. The mummies are too strong. What their mercy? I rather think our pessimistic friend is right, Brenda. They're going to do something terrible to us, I imagine. Well, at least we're all together. I don't see any benefit in that. What a terrible way to die. What an awful waste. My magnum opus only half finished. He's been going on about his magnum opus quite a lot. Just then, there is the noise of a gong and a kind of brassy fanfare. We realise that someone rather grand must have entered the place. Oh, yes. Over there. Look. By the sacrificial altar sort of thing. It's Poppy Keys. It's who? The woman who came to your door, Professor, offering free samples. Oh, she's all dolled up tonight, though, isn't she? She certainly is. Like a kind of Egyptian queen, or, or the reincarnation of one. And that is the long and short of it, really. Poor silly Poppy Keys. She's only a purveyor of fancy beverages, but something has gone a bit wrong in her noggin. I suspect it's down to all the time she spent in hot climbs and poking about in tombs for a hobby. But somehow she has convinced herself that she's the ancient princess got up in a new incarnation. Oh dear. Avast and avant! What's the professor doing? Trying to cast out her demons. He always has a go at this. He's rather good at it. It's worked once or twice in the past. Even when he's tied up. Doesn't he need his arms free? He's got a very carrying voice. Out! Foul demons! Leave this innocent woman in peace!
Well, even I can see that it isn't working this time. Through her coal-lined eyes and golden headdress, Poppy Keys is smirking at him. She's grinning at him madly. She's raising a cup and saucer to her lips and toasting him with her special blend. That's when I look into the molten lake of lava ringed by fire. And I see that it isn't lava at all. It's a swamp of used tea leaves, a quagmire of old dregs. The mummies step forward and help their mistress to disrobe. Goodness me. <sighs> Woman's a decadent piece of work and no mistake. Oh, gracious. She's delighted in appearing before us naked. She who must be obeyed. She for whom everything stops. We watch her step into the lake of tepid tea leaves and swim there luxuriously. Professors, what is it? It's agony! What's the matter with you? She's... she's inside my mind, Brenda. We're psychically linked. What, through tea leaves? Ah, absurd, though it seems. Yes! Do something, Brenda. She's absorbing our brainwaves and the minds of every tea-drinking intellectual in Oxford. Quickly, Brenda. She's destroying our minds. Once again, everyone is looking to me to sort it all out. The invidious Poppy Keys is currently doing the backstroke in the Lake of Leaves, kicking up her legs and showing off madly. She gives a carefree laugh and her whole body glows as she leeches off their mental energies. And I stand up. I've got to step into the breach and rescue my professors. The mummies see that I'm on my way. They come lumbering towards me. I roll up my sleeves. You must fight them, Brenda! You must! You must put a stop to Poppy Keys, Brenda! Help us, my dear! <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. 
With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, it's just at the most exciting bit when I come back to myself. I'm standing in my kitchen feeling very peculiar. Was I really involved in a terrible punch-up and fracas in that weird sepulchral place? Did I batter mummified revenants that night in order to prevent my professor chums from having their life force drained out? And did I really wade into that rock pool of tea dregs in order to grab hold of poppy keys and box her ears bloody? Reincarnated Egyptian princess or not, I foiled her plans good and proper, silly old tart. And here we go again, all these years later, and she's raised her spooky self out of the dregs once more, along with her spooky, though handsome, nephew. This tea's stewed. I've been in such a state of abstraction. I must have... Hang on. What's that noise? There's a scream and I recognise Effie's voice. Then there's all this running about on the staircase. Very heavy, muffled footfalls. Who have I got staying? Just a few elderly ladies who'd surely be hard-pressed to cause such a racket on my stair carpet. I gird my loins and hurtle into the hallway. And I'm just in time to see Effie fending off three huge mummies with my U-bank. That carpet sweep has got a lovely action, is all I can think absurdly, as my neighbour takes her life into her hands. I hope she doesn't break it. At that very moment, it gets smashed to smithereens, and Effie herself is grabbed by the rampaging monsters. At once, she is hoisted, howling into the air above the banisters. The third mummy whips around as I shriek and shoves his horrible clothy face into mine. Keep your nose out of our business. I will not. I've put a stop to you lot before and I will again. Uh... The mummy snarls and I see that his hoodlum chums are carrying my best friend off down the stairs. She's very quiet. Have they snapped her spindly neck? I think she's simply fainted. Quick as a flash, the three of them lumber out of my guest house and down the side passage into the darkness outside. Of course, I thunder after them, thinking surely someone out there will see them and blow the whistle. Even in a town like Whitby, three bandaged corpses making off with an unconscious antique stealer can't go unchallenged. All of a sudden, I feel alone and helpless. Just then, a dark silhouette detaches itself from the shadows of the alley. He rears up before me, the dashing and handsome Marius Keys himself. So this is where you live? I'm not so hard to find. It is called Brenda's B&B, after all. Perhaps we'd better go inside to discuss this. I'm not letting you in. As you like. Where are you taking my friend? I'm afraid I'm having to be so vulgar as to take a hostage... She'll be escorted to my secret hideout and kept safe by mummies until you give me what I require. 
And what can I give you? I'm just a harmless old woman, same as Effie. What can you possibly require that I have? Oh, you're rather more than a harmless old woman, my dear. Let's not beat about the proverbial bush. I know that you know that I know you were present in Oxford in 1943. I know you were at the warehouse when my aunt was concocting her plan to live eternally. Oh, yes. I know you thwarted her by wading into her pool of eternal youth and punching her lights out. I did, did I? Well, she was a dreadful woman. She wanted to drain all the genius and life force out of my old professors. She was, and is, a wonderful woman. After my parents and my uncle died, she was all I had. And so what if she was insane and believed that she was the reincarnation of an ancient Egyptian princess? She kept me fed and in fancy clothes and took me around the world with her. The soul-sapping activities she got up to, involving raising bodies from the dead and stealing vital energies from the living, that was all by the by, really. She was marvellous and beautiful and the most thrilling woman I ever knew. I think you might have an anti-complex as well as a mummy one. Now she's bitter and twisted and hideously deformed. And it's all because of you, Brenda. Because you denied her access to that pool of eternal life essence. By punching her in the mush. Don't you remember? You knocked her out cold and you pulled the plug. Literally. Did I? You saved the lives of all those boring geniuses. You doomed... My poor aunt, to a shriveled and embittered afterlife. Good. And now, you are going to come with me. Never. You will, if you want to see your nasty best friend again. Oh, dear. And that, you see, is how I ended up following Effie into captivity, into the mysterious crypt-like place beneath Tipple Tea Rooms in Pannard Park. And here we are now, with me all tied down and my life essences draining out into the desiccated body of the aunt of Marius Keys. Oh, Princess Iotep, we beseech thee. We have done all that we have done in order that thy nefarious will be done. We have caused to be brought before you this shambling wretch, this woman known as Brenda. May her strange and mysterious life force bring you back to full strength. Don't count on it, Buggerlugs. Silence, woman! Well, this was a right to do. I had thought we had a chance of escaping back when I started this narrating lark. And then Effie came and found me in this evil massage parlour of doom. However, things don't seem to be going our way, do they? For all these years we have tried to find you, Brenda. We have followed the traces for decades now. Effie hisses out of the corner of her mouth. What's he on about, Ducky? Why is he saying they followed you about? My aunt and I have known for many years who and what you truly are. We know what tremendous occult forces are surging round in your immortal body. Oh, now, I wouldn't go that far, Marius. 
That night in Oxford, my aunt knew. She knew that her hopes lay with you and your blood and inspiration, Brenda. She knew she had to find you again. Now you've got me. We have indeed. <gasps> Behold, she arises. Now that's torn it, says Effie. We are reduced to cowering on the slab as a brilliant violet light suffuses the casket wherein lies the dried-out husk of Auntie Poppy. Sheila Manchu is on the floor somewhere, moaning and gasping at these queer developments. I'm feeling ever so depleted, what with my vital life energies flowing into this... this monstrosity. Welcome. Welcome back to the land of the living, aunt. Her voice is very raspy when she speaks. You took your time, didn't you? Forgive me, aunt. It took so long to find her and to set up the optimum conditions for your revivification. The Egyptian queen waves aside his protestations. Never mind all that. I arise once more, that's the important thing. I feel the life force surging within me. You are eternal now. You will live by my side forever. Yes, Marius, dear, your aunt is with you again. Oh, you've done very well. What is this place? It's the secret base beneath my new tea rooms in Whitby. Oh, yes, says the ghastly revenant. Came here once for a weekend with your uncle many years ago. I have done everything that I promised. I brought you Brenda, this half-alive monstrosity on the slab here before you. Hang on a moment, I think. But I am too weak to budge an inch or say anything in protest. Aha, says the snooty cadaver, and all at once she sits up. Brenda, you thwarted my plans all that time ago, all those decades ago, when I tried for the first time to make myself into an Egyptian goddess and take over the world. Not this time, Aunt Poppy. She won't get in our way this time. Suddenly, Effie is on her feet. Well, now, look here, she shouts in her bravest voice. I don't know everything that went on in the past, but what I do know is that this time it's different. This time I'm here. Get out of the way, you silly old fool! Guards! Mummies! Take hold of her! But Effie is adept at giving the lumbering masses the slip. Who is this woman? cries Auntie Poppy at the top of her voice. Effie is at work on the many tubes through which my life force is being drained. She's yanking on them, and I'm not so sure that's a good idea, as they come loose and start spraying horrid ichor about the place, and my poor tortured form starts thrashing about on the slab. Stop her! Kill her at once! shrieks the would-be Egyptian goddess. Come here, you! Marius himself grasps hold of Effie, who wriggles, pinioned in his powerful arms. He commands his mummies to fix the damage she's done. You stupid old woman! You've endangered the life of your friend as well as my aunt! In my weird delirium, this scene is distorted and macabre. Everyone seems to be covered in my blood. My consciousness is fading. 
and then the horrible laughter of the woman once known as Poppy rings out in the underground massage parlour. Oh, I'm reaching my apotheosis, she cries, and here in Whitby, the historical location of the infernal bitches more. I will have access to unlimited power. I stand in the manifold gateways to countless dimensions. Yes, yes, just as you foretold. Drink, drink, Aunt Poppy. Drain this monstrous female of all her diabolical juices. Naturally, since things aren't going too well at this point, I'm starting to wonder if my end isn't, in fact, nigh. <laughs> Howls the Egyptian princess, swaying atop her casket. Behold, my apotheosis! You will rule forever via the gateway to hell. But there is one person we have all forgotten about. Marius has forgotten Lady Friend, who has been cowering on the floor of the subterranean den for some time, is astonished out of her wits. But now Sheila Manchu is coming to her senses. She is shivering in horror, clutching her peach-coloured negligee and her flimsy dressing gown about herself. She's coming to the rapid conclusion that her fancy man, Marius, isn't quite the reliable fellow he has presented himself as. Sheila Manchu sees what he has done and realizes that her true loyalties must lie with her two fellow Whitby residents, myself and Effie, who are so close to pegging out at that precise moment. Sheila gathers herself up and casts about wildly for inspiration. She has to do something. She has to stop these awful people. Don't worry, Brenda and Effie. I'll save you. Come to me, aunt. Step out of your casket. Leave your tomb behind once and for all. Sheila is a quick thinker. She knows that desiccated and revived corpses fear one thing above all else. And to that end, she rips into a box load of tea room supplies that she finds in the corner of the room. Doilies. Hundreds and thousands of paper-laced doilies. Quickly, with trembling hands, she opens the supplies and whips out her cigarette lighter. Marius Keys is the first to sniff the smoke. No! What are you doing? You foolish woman! The doilies catch light astonishingly quickly. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Marius. You were just using me, weren't you? Of course I was, you blousy old cow! But that doesn't mean you have to set my massage parlor and tea rooms ablaze! No! Howls the would-be Princess Iotep. The flames! Oh, the flames! Keep them away from me! The brainless mummies stop what they're doing at once, i.e. guarding Effie and I, and hurry to swat out the fire. The flames leap at them, catching at the musty cloth and their flammable preservatives. My God! No! But it's much too late. The place is filled with choking fumes and burning mummies. Keep away from me! wails the woman who was once Marius's aunt as she thrashes atop her casket. But now the flames reach out to her and a tremendous sizzling fills the choking air. 
Effie shrieks in my ear. Brenda, we have to go. We have to get out of here right now. Then I am being hoisted from the slab and the lurid, deadly scene tilts and swirls all about me. I am aware of Effie taking one of my arms and Sheila the other and we lurch towards the stairs and the corner of the cellar. The cellar is filled with the screams of the long dead. <laughs> Don't leave me! Don't leave me! You cannot die! Marius, you have to come with us. You'll die if you stay here. Get away from me, you devil woman! All three of you! You're monsters! Leave him. We've got to save ourselves. The last I see of Marius Keys before the smoke blots everything out is him standing before the blazing wreckage of his aunt's casket. He flings himself into it, soundlessly, determined to share her fate. And then Effie, Sheila and I are struggling for our lives and hurrying as fast as we can go to the exit. Until we're outside. The night air is cool and fresh and impossible as we burst out of the cellar's concealed entrance outside the conservatory of Tipple. We topple across the gravel and get as far away as we can. The aftershock knocks all three of us off our feet. We lie there, deafened in each other's arms. And then we turn back to see the fire raging through the fancy new tea rooms. The place is one big cleansing inferno. Sheila, gasps Effie, what have you done? But Sheila's face is set in a grim expression. There needed to be stopped. She was reaching her apotheosis, she said, and that didn't sound good. And I didn't like all that talk of a gateway to hell. Me neither, I agree, and realise that I'm bleeding still from where those wires and things were sticking into me. Effie says something about getting me to A&D, but I bark out in protest. No way. I'm not letting anyone else poke about, looking at my workings. I just need to get home, to my attic. I can tend to my wounds myself. All right agrees Effie. The first sirens can be heard. No wonder. The conflagration must be visible from miles away. Who'd have thought doilies could be quite so deadly and effective? Sheila gasps. Then she says, let's scoot before anyone official arrives. Then we won't have to answer any awkward questions. She's already going, galumphing away across the dancing shadows of the lawn. She's got a great instinct for self-preservation. So have Effie and I. Marius Key's secrets will die with him, Effie says. And his infernal auntie will trouble the world no more. I'll drink to that, I say, as we lumber heavily through the park, away from the flames and towards Harbour Street. Come on, Effie, shall we revive ourselves with a spot of spicy chai? She pulls a face. I think I'm off tea for a little while, Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> 